Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida. Thank you, Matthew Arder. Welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. This week, Matthew and I welcome back our friend Angie Sardinia. She hasn't been on the show for over a couple of years. I'm really happy that we got her back. Always fun when she drops by. Angie joins us in examining Season 8, Episode 8, The Wedding Day, which had an original air date of November 22nd, 1986. That's all. We can jump right on in and start the show. Let's face the facts with Angie Sardinia. Welcome back, Angie Sardinia. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be back. My gosh, when was it that I came in? 2019? It's been a while. It was the, the pre-Matthew times of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you and Matthew know each other very well, for we have all worked together at the Citizens of Hollywood, haven't we? Yes, we have. <laughs> uh, it was the before times. It was before I, the show Jump the Shark and I was a regular cast member. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, bless. Yeah. Uh, well, like we're all regular cast members. <laughs> I like to call it the dark times of the Facts of Life podcast before. <laughs> Sorry. But let me allow me to say this for this episode, Angie. Yeah. Oh, hola, como esta? Oh, muy bien. Muchas gracias. I see you are working on your French, and I, I love it. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Um, it was Matthew who said, wouldn't it be fun if we get Angie back here because we have a gentleman of Latino heritage as the subject of this episode. And uh, it gave us an excuse to contact you. You haven't been on the show since September of 2019. I knew it was in 2019. I remember that. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Two and a half years. That is cray cray. And you were, we were in the dressing room, remember? <laughs> yeah, one of them we did, um, yes. One of them we did, that was the first one, season two, episode 11, Sex Symbol. That was in June Ooh. of 2019. That's yeah. the one where Natalie's reputation, Natalie, you know, lets them think things about her and her reputation goes south. And that was the important lesson there. Uh, but the most recent time you were on, I think I had you here at the house. Did yeah, you have been to my house? You know what? But I think it was like we were going to do it and we never did. I can't remember. See? Or did we end up doing it at work? But that one was the affair. That was where Natalie discovers her father is smooching on this other bitch. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, I remember. I did listen back to our original one. And uh, just to remind myself that you are a bit younger than Matthew and myself, but you did still grow up with the show indication, but not in the first run. No, that's right. I was like, yeah, I definitely. <laughs> What's the matter, Matthew? You look. Why you got to throw that in there? Younger than me, Matthew and my. <laughs> what? What? You could you could just spoke for yourself, David. You could just like you are much younger than me. 
this is like a facts of life episode right here left left me out of it oh <laughs> well i just perceived that matthew you and i enjoyed this show in its first run angie did not angie was born while it was already in progress so that makes her much much younger than you and me <laughs> Well, I'm happy to be here if you're going to give me that kind of welcoming. <laughs> I think it was important for you to be here, Angie, because we needed a Latina voice. And I'm just happy it was yours because this is a very political episode, I think. Yikes. Here we go. <laughs> Yikes. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yep. I don't know how crazy I'm going to get you guys. You remember, I grew up Cuban, so uh -huh. Cubans are a little... Different. We we want to get all of the crazy, all of the Cuban, all of the everything. So that's what we want from you for this show. If you've got it, bring it, girl. Oh my gosh, crazy! <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't call myself cute. I am a Cuban American. I was born in the United States. I'm first generation, but uh, my parents' story is quite deep within. So I will do what I can. But uh, but they were political refugees, so this is going to be a little different. Oh. Very yeah. different. Okay, so a yeah. different journey. We're about to discuss season eight, episode eight, called The Wedding Day, which had an original air date of November 22nd, 1986. Um, doing a little bit of nuts and bolts before we get into the microscopic dissection. The story is by Shirley Brown. The teleplay is by Ross Brown and Michael Porius. I'm going to say P-O-R-Y-E-S, Por it's, uh, he must be a Latino, a Latine gentleman, as we is now the new politically correct term. And his, his last name is pronounced por yes. Por yes. Spanish for, for yes. Um, <laughs> it I could be Spanish for fuck yes. Did you get a look at this motherfucker? Oh, oh. my God. Mm. I'd, have, I'd have done way more than married him. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yes. I'd have been like oh, two man. years. It's like then, but then do you have to leave after two years? You know, we got to really pretend and convince them that we're married, if you know what I'm talking I about. I know. And that's why, and I don't know if y'all have talked about this on the show, but that's why I was like, Joe, are you just not attracted to the gentleman for a specific reason? What's happening here? Because um, it's a very yeah. good looking individual. And I don't think I would have minded being like, <laughs> Yes. Cue Matthew and David putting their fingers up to their cheeks and going, hmm. <laughs> That's the diesel engine horn is uh, the sound that he made. Yes, we will be talking about that too, man. Now, I don't know if our story lady, Shirley Brown, is related to Ross Brown, who wrote the teleplay. I can't find much about either of them on the web as far as they're they're not like a writing team credited as such. So let's just assume that they are separate and individual people, independent of one another. Shirley Brown, who wrote the story, not the teleplay, this is only one of three credits mm -hmm. on her IMDB page. That's it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Three credits. This and two episodes of What's Happening Now. Oh, no kidding. Really? And what's happening now, which I'd forgotten, was the return of the original series. I thought it was like Aftermath. I thought it was a continuation. What's happening ran from 76 to 79 on ABC. 
65 episodes. What's Happening Now was first-run syndication. That didn't start till 85. And it ran 85 to 88, 66 episodes. So just as long a run and one episode more. So now our screenplay teleplay writers. Ross Brown, uh, he just wrote his first script. This is his second of seven. The first script was last week, The Ratings Game. And uh, we talk about him a, a bit last week. Uh, next season, he's going to become a producer for all of the episodes through the end of the series. And Michael Borges, this is his first script of five that he'll be writing between now and the end of the series. And he will go on to write for Saved by the Bell and create two shows for the Disney Channel that you might have heard of. Which Hannah one? Montana and That's So Raven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. he goes on to create two very, very popular, well-known shows. Wow. And this was directed by John Boab, the in-house director. He's been doing pretty much every episode since season six or, you know, the majority of the episodes. And uh, yeah, that's your nuts and bolts. So Angie, you know, next in the lineup of the show is where we like to put our guest on the spot. Uh-oh. <laughs> and ask you to please provide a short one to two sentence synopsis of the oh, entire okay. episode, similar to a listing you might find in TV Guide. And if it is too long, Matthew will judge you. No pressure. Go. Does it happen? In this episode, Joe has the opportunity to help a very handsome friend possibly stay here for good in America or Go back behind bars over to where they first crawled out from their homes. Join us in this episode and see what happens on the facts of life. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. <laughs> Jesus Cristo, that was the long one. <laughs> That's a very long one. You know, I thought to myself, how could I make Matthew Order squirm any more in his chair as he watched <laughs> Take my time, like a monologue delivered on stage by an actor who likes to hear his own voice. You, you <laughs> nailed it, girl. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for our microscopic dissection? Let's do it. I'm ready. I also have this gentleman's photo up and his biography up on IMDb. And oh, we are going to be talking about him. Oh, that's for, for yeah. sure. All right, kids, let's get to it. We start in the store in over our heads. Uh, so, Angie, the show's changed a little bit since you were last here. What, what is your first uh, instinct response to the very, very different show you found yourself watching? Well, first of all, it's not, uh, it's Laura, uh, Loris Leachman, right? Cloris. Uh, Loris Leachman. And I was like, I don't remember her, <laughs> like, because she wasn't on the show last time. And then I forgot, also, this is totally random, but I thought, wow, I forgot when she had that short hair. <laughs> also, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, look at the girls, they're all grown up, and they're still living together. <laughs> and, and sleeping in the same bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Not weird at all. Not weird at all. When she goes up the stairs and they follow her, I'm like, I don't, what, are, are we in a college dorm? What's going on? Like, uh -huh. I was so confused. I was like, what's happening right now? What's happening now? 
Oh, what's happening now? (laughs) I see what you did. Call back. I'm slow. So uh, in the store, we have Blair and Natalie. Blair brings out a tray of bracelets and Natalie makes a comment that they're nice. And she says, maybe I should buy one for Snake. And Blair says, that guy you're dating who works on the road crew? And Natalie says, yeah, we'll match his earring. Yeah. (gasps) A dude with an earring. What a rebel. I I forgot about that kind of thing, you know? (laughs) Well, I bring it up, Angie, because in the recent weeks, we've been having a lot of references to Snake being this boy that Natalie has been dating. And uh, he's going to be playing a very important role in the series next season. Because, you know, there's the episode where Natalie loses her virginity. Guess to whom? Snake. She loses her virginity to an individual named Snake? <laughs> yeah, little little on the nose. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't think Natalie would be the con, but good for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, and we've talked already about when they introduced the idea that, you know, she's... I think they just thought that they were going to create this mythological creature and then leave it at that. But I think they realized they got a lot more mileage out of these jokes where like, well, let's say that he, you know, lays out the tar. So he's a tough guy. And now uh, he's got an earring and that type of thing. But we're like, really though? The name's Snake. How do you not call someone Snake without bringing up images of Snake in the grass as in a villain, an evil person, or Snake as in a guy with a big old dong? Well, I, yeah, and I actually pictured him like a motorcycle guy, like a motorcycle dude. Yeah. That's, I was like, good for you, Natalie. <laughs> and that would be great if that was the thing and he had like a snake tattoo going around his arm or something. But you know who ends up playing him when we finally meet Snake? Yeah, it's like wah wah. <laughs> it's Robert Romanus. It's the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. I lo- yeah. Yeah, you are you are just barely in the the fuckable range of yeah. teen heartthrobs. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. That's, that's you know, I'd rather walk in my lips than be judgmental or have an opinion about anything. But that's really funny. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to bring up that Snake is mentioned yet again. I think this might be the third week in a row now. There's a lot of uh, we we got a lot of Snake going on here on the Facts of Life. Well, there are a lot of ladies, so. Mm-hmm. Not you know. A lot of snake to go around. Yeah. So then into the store enters George. George Clooney. George. It's like the girls are like, hey, how you doing? Where you been keeping yourself? It's like, yeah, it's episode eight and you haven't been on all season. Where the fuck did you go? You were in the opening credits last season. You've okay, abandoned uh, us. Was he doing ER or Roseanne? What was he doing at the time? Neither. I did look up the timeline to see, and he had done a sitcom called ER, not the drama that later happened, but it was a sitcom with Elliot Gould. That was 84 to 85. So that was the year before this. Uh, And Roseanne doesn't start till 88. So he just was in the middle of doing odd movies and television appearances, probably had him doing a lot of pilots because they were still trying to find uh, a vehicle for him. Yeah. Um, so I'll bet you it's a lot of pilots that never saw the light of day. Well, um, his hair is shorter. It's his mullet yeah. is less mullety. It's darker, more mature, and damn, just as sexy, huh? Well, he always looks good, you know. <laughs> uh, did you remember he was on the show? I completely forgot he was on it. Totally. Yeah, because literally they haven't seen him since they <laughs> went on break between season seven and eight. He hasn't been on yet. 
this season. So it's kind of like, yeah, where have you been, dude? But uh, his response, his excuse for not being around is that he's been busy doing construction on a new apartment building. And then Joe enters with a picnic basket. And they're like, picnic basket? You're going on a picnic? And she says, yeah, I'm going to be tutoring Enrico with his English today. Yeah. And then we have a chunk of dialogue that was cut from the syndicated version that probably you did not get to see, Angie. Which is? Um, Somebody comments that the food smells great. And someone says, Joe, don't tell me you actually made fried chicken. And Joe (laughs) says, yes, I made it. Enrico told me he had never had homemade chicken before. Okay. Um, A Latin person has never had homemade homemade pollo before. (laughs) Okay. Not not even pan fried? Okay, deep fried maybe, like Southern style, but. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's like vite empanizado and stuff like that, but like it's vite uh, de pollo empanizado, which is like, yeah, like the chicken breast. Well, what I mean is that like, it wasn't usually on the draw, like on the bone, but it is funny because I was like, oh yeah, actually I never had it like unless yeah. I was being fed somewhere else. <laughs> Well, it's weird that they say he's never had homemade chicken before. It'd be one thing to say yeah. he's never had home fried chicken like sure, you know sure. standard or southern he's never had southern fried chicken yeah. type yeah. of thing that that, that would be a better a, line yeah. there for that that's probably a better choice of words yeah yeah um but then the, uh, the conversation continues among the girls joe polnicek cooking going a little overboard aren't we and her response is oh come on all he and george ever eat at the construction site is junk food so ding ding george and he work together uh, in the construction. And Joe says, so I promised him I'd make him something special. And then Blair, particularly is the one drawing attention to this saying, seems like you two have been spending an awful lot of time together. And she says that he needs it. English is a very difficult language to learn. And Blair responds with, yes, look how long it took you. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but then it's it just seems strange that all of your tutoring lessons to teach him English better take place at a concert or a movie or intimate walks along the Hudson. Hmm. And Joe is like, no. And she says, actually, it's usually just the three of us just hanging out together, meaning George is also there. Somebody does say, it's okay, George. We all like Enrico. If Joe's got something going with him, that's great. And Joe's like, would you guys give me a break? Come on. He's a nice guy who's trying hard to make something of himself. And I admire him for it. We're just good friends. That's all. So a lot of Joe vehemently denying there's anything romantical going on here. But but that was my first problem. It's like, Joe, you're setting yourself up for this. Oh, we're just going on a picnic with why aren't you meeting him at the library? <laughs> what, uh, why aren't you sitting at your desk? What, uh, don't get all offended when yeah. when somebody's like, mm, this seems romantic as you're fucking cooking chicken for two hours and then planning a picnic with this hot piece of oh. ass. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he walks in and you're like, uh, what? you are telling me you are not <laughs> trying to get into this guy's pants. What the fuck is wrong with you, girl? Mm. Wow. Well, and the, and the thing is, is like if she's trying to sell the fact that she's going to get married to the guy, so they're pretending to like be romantically involved, then you should like t- set it up that way, even in your own home. Don't you think? Like I was like, 
what? I'm so confused. Like, what's happening, you fool? Like, well, that's the thing. I I'm not sure I ever could credit the show with being this subtle, but yeah. is it the fact that I mean, the the news of the wedding, which is coming up, does come very quickly after this, like within a day or two, if not the same day. So, is it that? she's doing all this and denying it because this is all part of the charade that uh, we have to have people look at it. But here's the thing. Number one, I'm going to say it at the end of the episode. Why isn't this a potential romantic interest for Joel? Wouldn't that have upped the stakes a lot more? But that's why I, I wonder, I don't know if you all have had this conversation in other episodes. Does is she interested in men or is she? Oh, yeah. No, okay. Joe is is uh, allegedly heterosexual. She does marry a man next season. Oh, OK. See, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Okay. So, no, there's no there's no the question of the <laughs> lesbianism floating in the air other than in our, you know, imaginations. If this was really uh, and we're, we're getting far ahead of ourselves, but the episode is about Joe is going to offer to marry him so he can get his green card is what's happening here. And so it's like, if this was supposed to be a ruse that you were going to put up for whatever reason, it's like, I guess because she doesn't know about the two year thing, she thinks that it's going to be a couple of days, but it's like, why didn't she just say, yeah, we are dating and have him and her say, okay, we're, we're just friends, but we're just going to tell everyone that we're dating and then we're going to get married. No one has to know about it, but we'll still be friends. Yeah. That way we are still interacting with each other. And to the outside viewers who don't know what's really going on, they just think that we're, oh, they've been going out a while. They're getting maybe getting serious and then yeah. they're going to break up. You know, it seems like they could have planned it better for the people close to them. They're always so open with each other about stuff that I was like, how is this like only between her and George does that start showing like do they distance themselves I don't remember these episodes you know so I'm like is this like showing do you know what I mean it's always weird when the girls keep something from each other it is always weird and we always question it well I mean I I guess it happens right I think that's just part of being a human and growing up so maybe that's just it but I was like especially okay well we'll talk about it I'm sure but it's just that whole thing I was like I don't understand why she like didn't continue the lie at the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at the very least, why if this if this was such a not a big deal, hey, George's friend needs me to do this, it's gonna be a couple of days. You know right. what? Maybe if you told your girlfriends, one of them might have picked up the phone and done a little research on your behalf, and you would have known it wasn't gonna be a fucking two-day commitment. They could yeah. have helped you, girl, not get yeah, into re- this jam. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. that's another story. Let's talk about Enrico. Oh my God. Oh. Jesus Garcia. It's, it's weird because it's J-S-U. It's three right. letters, yeah. which looks like it is a, an abbreviation for his birth name, which is Jesus. But it looks like they, the J-S-U was pronounced Jesus. And that so could Jesus. be- Jesus. His name is Jesus Garcia. Good it's Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Oh he is credited here, though, with the name Nick Corey, C-O-R-R-I, which is a more Italian-looking name, which was probably a definitely tactical move from a casting standpoint, as opposed to having the name Jesus Garcia. Right. Um, sometimes he's also been credited as Tom Fox, 
And I'd like to say, yes, Tom, you are a fox. <laughs> that sounds like a porn name. Like it that does. was his name. That was his name in certain directed video releases. <laughs> I still and, talk about a different episode. <laughs> yeah. And that is how he was credited on Fame in 1982, which was one of was his first fame. jobs on the TV show oh, Fame. No way. And under the name Rick Corey, you may recognize and remember him. He was in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I saw that. I saw in that. In 1984, movie. alongside Johnny Depp. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? Not gonna yeah. I gotta rewatch that for sure. So yeah, and he is just so handsome and cute and sweet and nice, perfectly cast. I think Joe made a big ass mistake. I just said, girl, two years, you could have been, damn. You could have been making chicken for a long time. (laughs) Exactly. You could have been working with pollo and and some polla. I was gonna say, and giving up your pollo. (laughs) Yeah. Nasty word, sorry. Oh yeah, that's that's the that's the <laughs> Spanish word for cock, isn't it? Oh, no, boyo is it's pussy. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, what's it's, what's the word? It's the Spanish word for cunt, well, David. Well, I'm surprised you don't notice that. You know what's well, but well, no what's in some about? in some circles isn't boyo also the word for cock? I maybe I don't know. I just know it as my own. I swear, maybe it's Spain, Spanish, Spain, Spanish. Well, I think I, well, that's why I think like, it makes me laugh because boyo, right? Chicken. And then you say the wrong <laughs> consonant and it's a totally different word, you know? So I'm always like, you guys be careful. Make sure you pronounce the P as in Paul. <laughs> yeah. But before trying to learn all these words, just know if you mispronounce it, it'll mean something different. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, he's a very looking, very handsome guy. Bob Chulo. I mean, he's super so sweet throughout the episode as well. He's like really uh, oh, just, nice. Yeah, like, I mean, I want to jump to the end because I think my favorite part was the end with the music, but you know. It was nice. My he, favorite part was when he entered ass <laughs> first in those jeans. Oh, that's right, he did mm-hmm. ass first. I paused the DVD <laughs> to look <laughs> At his, I must have watched his entrance about 10 times because really the way he backed that ass into that scene, I was like, bitch, I will marry you today. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Boy, you look good once you back that ass up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, to continue talking about uh, Mr. Garcia, um, he is he's still out there. He is 58 years old. He has 72 acting credits still working. Um, his parents, Angie, immigrants from Cuba. No, get out of here. This is what I'm trying to find, and I can't find Do you it. know him? Do, do all you people oh know God. each other? Oh God. Do you know that that's... <laughs> well, yeah. So that's crazy. His parents are from Cuba. I cannot hmm? see guys' life information. Are you on Wikipedia? Where are you? Um, it was between IMDb and Wikipedia, one of the two. He was in a movie where he plays Che Guevara. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It's The Lost City with Andy Garcia. And actually, I I always recommend this movie so that people can kind of understand, like, it's really beautiful the way they showed the different ways that you could go when all that stuff was happening in Cuba when Fidel was taking over and stuff. And he played Che Guevara. That's crazy. I'm, I'm trying to find, though, his family story. Like, how did they get here? Like, what? I don't know where that is. 
There's not a lot there other than it just says his parents were immigrants from Cuba. Now, in more recent years, he has become an ordained minister in yes. the movement of spiritual inner awareness. Founded by John Roger, uh, I was looking this up. It's, uh, go to Wikipedia. We don't need to spend any time here. It's just uh, an alternate religious group with a certain set of beliefs that are kind of, you know, new agey, meditation-based and stuff like that. But as a result of his uh, spiritual deepening awakening, he has been in recent years producing, writing, and directing religious-themed documentary shorts. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but he's 58 years old. I'm like, mm -hmm, I'm sure he's probably, st I'd still hit that. I wonder if he's don't like even know what he looks like. I'd hit it. I wonder if he's like a super silver fox now, right? I could totally see that. Can you imagine? Woof. Oh my God. Couldn't even, I, couldn't even. Gosh, I kind of want to, and now I got to find this guy, you know, I want to mm -hmm. see what this gentleman looks like. Oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, during the previous uh, exchange about how Joe is not romantically interested or involved with uh, with Enrico, we hear a motorcycle pull up and he does enter backwards to all of our delights. Give us a nice view of his um, I, I believe the word would be his culo. Is that the word you people use? Yes, that is a very. Uh, ooh. Not the, yes, his, yes, that's a much stronger word, but yes, he does back that culo up. <laughs> is it, is it also not sometimes pronounced chulo? Oh, uh, well, he's, he is un chulo, and especially. Because no, chulo means something different than but, yeah, right? That's why I said he's un chulo, like he's, he's cute, he's handsome, but like with that culo, chulo and culo, they just culo have chulo, which is Yeah. Just, yeah, like little, little cutie pie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he is un chulo con un culo. Yep, nice chulo con culo, yeah. Um, so uh, he comes in and the entrance of him is him screaming, uh, estupido pedazo de yonke. I know, I was like, <laughs> Jesus. I was like, okay, wow. All right, that's an entrance line. What does that mean, Angie? Estupido is stupid. And what was it, estupido? Pedazo de yonke. Piece of yonke. I don't know what yonke Jon is. is or I, I think he pronounced it yonke. Junk. Oh, junk. I, I, sorry, I heard yonke. I was like, is Yon that yonke. I, I, but I think it's written with a Y. Yeah, isn't I was it? Like, uh, it's written with a Y, but in some, it's pronounced yonke, depending on dialect and things like that. Um, yeah. So uh, he's, he's mad at his bike because his bike has been acting up. Uh -huh. And... Uh, Joe has been helping him with uh, fixing up his bike, but he says it doesn't seem to run. If Joe isn't there, the bike doesn't oh, run good. That's right. And that's Joe right. says, well, and he pauses and says, well, what? And she's like, no, the bike doesn't run well. She's correcting his oh, English. Yeah. And this is a running thing throughout with her correcting his English. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why, how can they not think, you know, that she's dating the guy. I mean, not mm -hmm. that, not that, I mean, not that women do that to their boyfriends or anything like that, or it's a usual like correcting others, but just the way, yeah, she comes in with a picnic, picnic basket. She's all like, you know, turning him into something. Do you know what I mean? I was like, how are you not? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we come to learn that he likes the discipline. So um, we learn later that 
he likes that. So any whoozle, uh, they go off to the picnic and uh, George goes with them too, even though they continue to deny it. And uh, the last word is kind of uh, Blair saying there's something going on there, even though George is denying it. I think there's something going on there. Blair is so metida. You know that she is so metida in todo. Like she gets in the middle of everything. It's like, girl, <laughs> Jesus, Blair. What is that I word? Did you just say metida? M-E-T-I-D-A? Yeah, like in the middle of it, you know, metida. In todo, oh, okay. middle of everything. It's like, okay, God, I know so many girls like that. I'm like, like, oh. like, like my mom's like that. You know what I'm saying? Una That's a word I didn't know. Metida. That's a good one. Like, I like it. Metida is just like, you know, metido en el medio, in the middle. Like, you know, like. Like, put, like being a busybody. Meddlesome. Yeah, yeah, like she's just totally in the middle of everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that happens uh, with a bunch of women living in the same house in the same room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? How can they not speculate? Uh, true. Exactly. I loved when Was she it, said, when she goes, que pasa, Beverly? And she goes, everything's pasta just fine. Thank you. I love <laughs> Cloris Leachman's line there. You know, that is I, cute. Love, I do love that she said that. I think it like just lightens up with, like makes everything lighter and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because I was like, well, it is, you know, like people sometimes don't understand what's being said and it's, it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? I kind of love mm-hmm. that they put that there. You know what I'm saying? It's nice. <laughs> yeah. So then the next scene, we're in the living room and the phone rings. Here comes here comes Tootie in a fucking cowboy hat and I'm out. (laughs) Coming down the stairs with a fucking cowboy hat on. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. He's a rhinestone cowgirl. That was very popular at the time, Matthew. I'm sure it was, but not just sitting around your house with your fucking cowboy hat on. okay i know the 80s we're trying to show off some fashion and everything but yeah no we're we're sitting around at home for god's sake i'm not sitting there in my full blue suit heels and fucking well shades of the golden girls sitting around in their sweaters in the middle of august in miami but (laughs) you You know i i love that they did an episode about this because i think it's you know, that was a big thing, wasn't it? Like that was happening suddenly, like people were getting married and trying to like stay in the country and stuff like that. So it's good that they put that there. Yeah, I don't remember much about immigration specifically in the 80s. Not like not like it's been more in more recent years. But hey, this is a show that kind of always tried to deal with issues and things. And this was this was one they hadn't tackled yet. So why the fuck not? Yeah. So in yeah. the living room. Uh, yeah, Tootie does have her, does have that on. Uh, Beverly Ann is sitting at the desk. Uh, Tootie and Natalie are counting money from a cash box at the dining room table. Uh, of course, Joe is out. She's about to come in. Blair is sitting on the couch. What's my next question, Matthew? Who's minding the store? Thank you. <laughs> they run a fucking business. Why is everyone just sitting around? That's fine. So then ring, ring on the phone, Blair answers the phone and she's quite shocked at the news that is given when she hangs up. Like, like how are they going to speculate at this point? I was like, what? I didn't expect. That was like, whoa, I didn't expect them to say that on the facts of life. Blair hangs up the phone and says that was Joe's doctor saying her blood test was fine so she can go ahead and get married. Yeah. Uh, 
the, the days of when a doctor would just tell random strangers <laughs> your, your fucking <laughs> medical history just over the phone. Holy shit, man. I was like, hey, could you tell Joe she's got AIDS? That'd be great. <laughs> when Blair found out her mother has breast cancer because the doctor calls her and tells her, and I swear to God, this was a this was a teachable moment for me. When I had Logan Donahue on, Logan has been somewhat of an activist throughout the 80s and 90s. And I said, okay, so we're just going to violate HIPAA laws here and just tell somebody's private medical information. And Logan went, David, you do realize HIPAA is a Clinton era thing, legislation. It wasn't until the 90s that doctors were sworn to secrecy. I was like, no, it was like the fifties or sixties. What he's like, no, this, what you are watching on this episode, that doctor telling this random lady, it wasn't even, well, this is Blair. I'm her, her common law wife. You know, it's like just the, Hey, random stranger. This, here's private stuff. That was perfectly legal and acceptable in the medical profession. Boy, I'm glad I ch- that changed when I was in my teenage years. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, too. When how many visits to the free clinic he's talked about? Oh, girl, I had my own parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's for another time when I start drinking again, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Blair is like, oh, I call this one. They're going to elope. And they're like, well, why would she not tell us anything? And at one point, (laughs) I think it's Natalie says, did that doctor say anything about a rabbit? Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Hilarious. Rabbit test was still a thing in the 80s. Again, it's like, when did we stop killing animals? When did we? uh... (laughs) The fuck, man. (laughs) So then. Joe shows up and they're like, so did you have a nice picnic? There's this lovely moment where they all know. And Joe was like, what's going on? And Blair's like, oh, the doctor called and said that uh, the blood test was good and you get married. And Joe just goes, oh, okay, good. Thanks. And, and then, then she goes chase, upstairs. They all and, chase out. <laughs> and they're all like, what the fucking fuck? And they chase her up there. It's, it's a very funny moment where it's like, no, no, no. You are so not going to get away with that. Yeah. And then you see that they're in a bedroom with freaking a gajillion beds. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and this is where they've cut it back. They used to have four beds in this room, Angie. There's actually a door upstage that goes to another little sub room within the room that has two beds. Tootie and Natalie live in the inner room. Only Blair and Joe live in this outer room. How big is this house? <laughs> what? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, damn, what are they doing to run, like to, to have a house like that? You know what I'm saying? It's, if it's nobody's just... manning the store, then who the hell's paying for the house? <laughs> Puzzling. Puzzling. These but... are questions we don't ask here, Angie. These are <laughs> questions we don't ask. Because there are no answers. <laughs> so up in the bedroom, Joe spills the beans. Enrico is an illegal alien. His dad got sick, so he had to quit school to go to work, and then his student visa lapsed. So if he marries an American, he can stay in the country. She thought she'd do him a solid, marry him. It's only going to be a couple of days, then they'll get a divorce. It'll be fine. And the girls are like, okay, that sounds 
okay, I guess. Wow. It just seems like there should be something more complicated or difficult about this yeah. plot. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't have kept that from us. <laughs> yeah. But Joe says she's thought it through. Uh, clearly didn't make a phone call or anything. She's just thought about it in her brain, but didn't ask any questions of anybody. But it's already set up. It's going to be happening next week. David, they have the whole bit about um, there's going to be a marriage, but what about et cetera? And then Natalie says, what's a marriage without et cetera? Like they they address the fact that they're not going to do it by calling it et cetera. And mm-hmm. I would also like to say that it's amazing how in this time period, I'm going to talk about how woke I am now. Well, please in do, fact, please. In the fact that when she said illegal alien, I was like, uh, like it, uh, it just hurt me a little bit. Like, it's almost like when we used to watch it in the episode where they use the R word to, re- to describe that that man who's mentally challenged and, you know, mm-hmm. handicapped, all these words that just hit you different now. And it's like, she said, he's an illegal alien. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> that it's- hurt me a little bit. What, what is the Matthew? So uh, please, and woken the rest of us is that, what would the term be undocumented? What is, how um, do you say? Undocumented is, an, is a more oh. appropriate word. But it sounds like there are documents. It sounds like there's plenty of documentation that he had a student visa and it lapsed because he had to quit school. That doesn't sound undocumented. I, I, that's why I ask. I wondered if there was even still a more appropriate word, but sadly our culture has not evolved to the point where you are. Definitely not. I mean, come on, not at that time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, so uh i remember that that's funny that just triggered a memory and i was like i forgot that memory uh that i remember finding my mom's resident alien card and being like (gasps) (laughs) my mother's an alien no but like like in the way that matthew said it not not like i i didn't understand what that was i was just like oh my god what Mm -hmm. not mommy like that's I remember yeah. that. How fucked up was that? Like, even my own mom, I'm like, how dare you? So, yes, with them uh, hearing the doorbell, descending the stairs, they answer the door. It's Enrico and George. And there's a problem. There's been an INS agent asking around at work. They think it might be prudent to move the wedding date up. And Joe was like, let's do it. I got the clear from the doctor. Let's go to City Hall tomorrow, 9 a.m. first thing. So the girls jump in, swoop in really, and say, City Hall, you can't just get married at City Hall. Tell you what, it makes for a better episode of a sitcom if we try to do a makeshift wedding that we have to plan here at home on short notice. And I started to lose my fucking mind because we had already been doing this before with Mrs. Garrett and uh, all that stuff that had already happened. But it was, I believe, Blair who says, if you're going to try to present that this is a real marriage, it does look better if you do something here that's a little more formal and we'll help you plan it. And so Joe was like, okay, so they got to get busy. Let's do it. Break team. And the last word of the scene is Joe says, I'm not wearing lace or anything stupid in my hair. Rotate wipe two. Joe standing there with flowers in her hair and Beverly Ann putting some finishing touches on the hem of a lace wedding dress. (laughs) 
you know, I got to tell you, I can't, sometimes I'm like, why do they put, I mean, obviously they're going to do this, but I'm like, gosh, she's such a beautiful girl. Why would you make it seem like it's such a terrible thing to see her in a dress? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is Especially, a good hair episode for her too. Her hair, her fucking mullet, the, the volume and size and symmetry and uh, support uh, system. It, her, this is a great hair episode for Nancy McKeon. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Why would you especially put her in that dress? I know. For God's sake. And Diana, I love you. But this was, uh, she looked enormous, first of all. She looked as wide as the fucking Cinemascope movie. And, oh, God bless her heart. And that cut up. Oh, God. It was definitely the cut that I was like, yikes. The uneven hem that was shorter in the front and longer in the mid. It's like, ugh. But you oh, know, no. to think that like, I know they did it because it was like a quick wedding and stuff like that, but it just made me laugh thinking about all the wedding dresses that like when I was a kid walking certain weddings and like what I had to wear and what the, and then like still seeing pictures of like these huge puffy sleeves and all this shit. I was like, wow, dude. Mm. <laughs> 80s weddings with those like the bride in a hat or something like yeah, that. The lace, with, oh, the lace hat with Oh that. my god, just yeah. off on rainbow weddings when every oh like, Jesus. Like the, like the side, like it's all uh, it looked to me like a mama's family dress. Yeah. And, oh my god, yes, dude. Yeah, sure. that they made out of the curtains in 20 minutes. Like oh it just god. the shape of it. I was like, Thelma Harper should be wearing that on Mama's family for her <laughs> wedding. But Matthew referenced, uh, he said the name Diana earlier. Angie, uh, Matthew and I are close personal friends with the woman who was the costumer for the show. Get out of here. Seriously, that's hilarious. She wrote a memoir and her people found us and we've been continuing correspondence with her and asking about certain episodes. This isn't one we contacted her about, but Matthew, I'm going to counter your thoughts on this dress as saying, Maybe it was intentional because this wedding was already ill-fated because it was ill-conceived and it everything was already going to go wrong anyway. Maybe it was an intentional choice to say, well, we have to have her in the ugliest dress we can find. We have to have, you know, the cake that's warped and where the, the frosting is smeared. You know what I mean? You think that uh, might've been a conscious choice? I mean, Okay. <laughs> it doesn't make it any less hideous. I mean, if that, were the, if that were the case, then I wouldn't have used the line from Beverly Ann where she said, this dress made my grandmother very happy. Like, really? Your grandmother was happy when she saw that dress? Like, she, <laughs> yeah. Im- Implying that for some reason, Beverly Ann had moved from Wisconsin to Peekskill with her grandmother's wedding dress in tow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's I do have that as a note as well. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, everything is moving along very quickly. Beverly Ann looks great. She is in a pink blouse and a pink pencil skirt, a long cardigan with some pearls. It's flattering. It's lovely. We've got an episode coming up where she's supposed to be dressed up for a date, and it looks like they've got her in a red potato sack. I'm like, why didn't they put her in something like this? She looks great. Um, I'd even pay attention to what the others were wearing. Um, Judy was wearing a, a blue cowboy hat with sequins on the front of it. And <laughs> um, 
No, but I like this is when I started to get like when they're all set up for the wedding. I was like, okay, I get like the point of what you're saying as far as like, you know, we should put on something that looks more intimate than um, a, a city hall wedding, which looks fat, uh, you know, slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. But no one is seeing it. It's yeah. in your living room. It's just you guys. What? Like you have, you have to be all dressed up in case somebody barges in. Da, da, da. What? What barging in? What is that? What are you talking about? Maybe Boy. Arnold Jensen from Immigration. Boy, I sure am glad I wore that cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, this guy, this character, the actor is Robert Phelan playing the immigration agent. 65 credits in only a 20 year career. Uh, and it seems to stop in 1994, but it doesn't say that he passed away suddenly or unexpectedly. That's really weird. But Robert Phelan might be recognizable to people because he played Dr. Terrence Wynn in the original Halloween, which oh, means wow. he was in a movie with our friend, John Graham. I think he was John Michael Graham in that. But yeah, so uh, we are only two degrees away from this actor. <sighs> it's written not very well. He's kind of a mustache twirler. And so he's just kind of just kind of saying his lines like, I'm clearly the bad guy here. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and it's weird because he's like, you know, they're like, uh, you're interrupting and this is private and who the fuck are you? I and he's know. like, and when he says, I think I'll stick around and they're like, well, okay, <laughs> we're, we're putting on this show anyway and we didn't have an audience, I guess may as well put on the show for you. But Listen, it is weird that they don't say, um, no, get the fuck out of our house. Who are you? Yeah. yeah, there they were. They let him in. He had first row to the lovely wedding. And so. <laughs> and I just wish because spoiler alert, later on, he's going to spill the beans about how he's like I don't have the heart for this anymore and, and like so then why did you come in here? like why didn't you write the character so he was like kind of like a a bat a, like a batty like kind of flighty like a little bit more kind of like I don't know I just the way he came in and was such a jerk right off the bat like you said I would have been like no you can sit out in your car yeah, yeah, just such arrogance and bluster. It would have been interesting if he was like wishy-washy or yeah. something like that. Or um, yeah, that would have been a, a much more interesting choice. Like to um, see him at the end of the wet, at the end of the thing, being like, "I can't do this anymore." You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, sure, totally. Which you would expect from a show at that time, in my opinion. Oh, right? So, which is totally kind of, they just had the whole time. I was like, "Yikes, dude, this guy's a douche." <laughs> So he does uh, let it slip, not really. He makes it very clear to Natalie, who is not up in the ceremony. Natalie is standing back to take a picture. And he's like, I'm just here to make sure um, that this is all in the up and up. So the girls are kind of like, uh, well, I always cry at weddings. And Natalie's like, yeah, they, uh, isn't it great to see two people who choose to spend their whole lives together? And he says, yeah, yeah I guess the two years won't matter then. And she's like, the the who did what and the where now? And he says, well, he can't apply for citizenship for two years. And in the meantime, they have to be a married couple and we check up on them to make sure. So suddenly this Joe, a couple of day commitment, it's like, 
okay, uh, girl, I think you missed something. And uh, George and Enrico, uh, thanks for the help with not getting very important information pulled together before you make this kind of a fucking leap. Well, do you think they did that on purpose? Like no, I do not. Like, do you think they just made it seem like, oh, they really didn't know or like they're lying to Joe about that? Well, the romantic ending that is supposed to not be romantic <laughs> could almost imply that it was him trying to trap Joe, but I perceive him as being too nice a guy. Well, to do he, is that. Ali- he is an illegal alien, David. Mm-hmm. And he is one of those Cuban types, you know. You can't trust them. They're evil. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I think it's a. Uh, I just thought I was like, how did you guys not fucking know that? What is like, the rule now? Is it does it matter now? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, is there? I think it is the same. It's so funny. My knowledge of this, when Joe said it's only going to be a couple of days, I first thought to myself, it's like a couple of years, isn't it? And I think I learned that on Will and Grace, because to keep Rosario, Karen's maid. Uh, right. From being sent back to El Salvador, she marries Jack, the super gay best yeah. friend sidekick. And that was a running thing on uh, Will and Grace that they were having to dodge immigration for that to keep her here. But it was two years that they had to. Yeah. You know. Never mind. Never mind that Joe is the valedictorian of Langley College when they graduate. So she's not an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, she clearly knows how to make a phone call or take out a library book. Jesus. Yeah, so that's why I was like, what? How did she not know this? Like, that's so bizarre. Like, could you have written something a little better than that? Like, sorry. Like, but it was just like, why did you go that route? That's such a weird, it just didn't make any sense that they went Even if it was, the laws have changed recently because of so many people trying to, you know, trying to pull a scam on us or something. I was asked maybe a few months ago to do that and that and they were like and they'll pay so that you, you could stay in the country yes so i can stay in the country oh gosh here it is on <laughs> oops our, revelation it's here on this podcast i'm announcing it for the very first time <laughs> yep thank god no one listens to it <laughs> yeah like so but no was, you were asked to do a, a marriage of convenience to get someone their green card and it was like something like they'll pay you super well and this and that. And like I totally thought about it. I'm like, I was like, um, uh, that sounds pretty good. And You're I'm like, no that lo- sounds like I could call it an acting job. <laughs> and I need work since I am a professional actress. It is quite the role. Uh, I believe this is. <laughs> <laughs> I will consider it, talk to my agent about it. Uh, but it was just like, I, I, I can't believe it's, and actually my ex, my first husband uh, was from Peru and he was in the military and we had gotten married. Now we didn't get married for that reason, but when we got married, I remember thinking like it had been a couple of years and I was like, can he get a citizenship already? Cause even the military hadn't given him his citizenship and he had gone to Iraq, believe that shit. Wow. Yeah. And it took forever. I mean, it really took a long time for him to get a citizenship. And it to me, it was like, what the fuck? Like, it was such a wild shit like that, that you're like, but, so, but we'll send you over to fight in our fucking wars, but not, oh, don't. So, so it's a thing that, like, I see why people do it, why they're so desperate. And, like, even if you're serving, for example, like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. one of 
things where I'm not saying, come on, like, come on in, everybody. But I do understand the, des- I, you know, I can't imagine the desperation. Yeah. But I do kind of understand what people are like, I just want to help my friend. They're cool. They're good people. It's, you know, yeah. And, and like you were saying, helping your mother study. From what I hear, like the entrance exam, it's uh, Matthew and I could not pass that test if we were given that test right now. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the things you have to know about our government. And I hear it's crazy difficult and irrational. That was probably when I was, I feel like I was in, God, I can't remember. I think it was like in middle school at the time. And so I was just like, I can't imagine how much it is now. Cause I'm like, I don't know most of this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be an American, but gosh, I don't know most of this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wild dude. So the wedding is paused and Beverly Ann appeals to the INS agent to wait before he takes Enrico away because they're just still working some shit out. And that's where he says, I'll be outside in my car. No funny stuff. I'll give you an hour. And this is where he says, what, how does he put it? I'm, I'm, he says he doesn't have the heart for this anymore or something like that. Yeah. Something to that effect. So uh, then the girls have to think about what they're going to do. And of course, Joe was like, I can't go through with this. And they're like, of course you can't. So she goes down to him and uh, they have this exchange is so sweet where she starts to say Enrico. And he says, you don't have to say anything. He says, I know, you know, I, I understand you can't marry me under that case. And she says, in that case, oh, sorry. And he says, I like it when you correct me. It shows you care. And then she says, she's sorry. He says, he's sorry. Thanks her for being a true friend. And then a little bit that's cut from syndication. So Angie, you didn't even see this. He says, you know, Joe, if someone had told me that yesterday was going to be our last time together, I would have still chosen to go on the picnic with you. And she says, even though you sat in the potato salad, and he says, well, maybe not that part. And he says, but I will miss everything else. And then she says, what are you going to do? And he says, what else? Run. But before I do, I have a request. Perhaps it's only because you look so beautiful in that dress. Really? That dress? Really? That's what he, okay. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. (laughs) Matthew just winced like I did. (laughs) Really? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But I find myself wanting to ask you, it's a tradition in my country that the bride and groom dance on their wedding day. Ooh, ooh, what a fun tradition. Angie, is that a Cuban thing that brides and grooms dance on their wedding day? (gasps) Yeah, only Cubans do that. I've learned things about other people's cultures this episode. Only Cubans ever danced on their wedding day. And it's not stated he's Cuban, by the way. We have no idea what they're trying to pass him off as here. But yeah, I know it's so like it was it's I'm like, who where's this guy from? Like (laughs) But he says, although we did not actually get married, would you dance with me? The music is so nice when he turns it on. I'm like, oh and they dance together and they hug close and then as it goes on, it's so sweet. And then he actually buries his face in her, his head in her neck oh. in their final ones. And then, you know, they end with him kissing her on the cheek. But I'm looking at this going, why wasn't this? Why couldn't this have been uh, a new guy Joe is dating? That, you know, she met him 
through trying to tutor him for Spanish class. And now they started dating, but this thing happened. So it's the, no, 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 no. We're still just dating and we like each other, but we're going to get married. Yeah. I feel like this ending was so nice and sweet and poignant. And wouldn't it have been even more powerful if it was, we actually like each other and we would otherwise maybe be together under different circumstances. This is, I mean, that would make this moment just devastatingly dramatic in the best way possible. Yeah. I, I, didn't understand that because I was like, oh my God, this is, it, like you said, it's so lovely and it was just so sweet. And so I was like, well, obviously he likes her. Like how long have they known each other? Is this a character that was in other, other episodes? No, we've never seen him before. This is the, this like, is a one-off. Yeah. Like they put so much into his emotion towards her before he leaves that I thought, I, I thought you were going to tell me that he had been in other episodes or something like that. Cause like, this is something that would develop, I think over a little bit like yeah i wish they would have said how long they were tutoring it made it seem like this guy was out of nowhere that she's you know what i mean like they made it seem like that and i'm like it doesn't seem like it he has he's quite fond of her <laughs> exactly they, they had such a romantic angle to it why didn't they yeah like they did because they could have done it where he's just he appreciates her because she didn't look at him differently but in this case it seemed like it was a romantic feeling toward her am i i mean right <laughs> It's an 80s sitcom episode. There's no continuity to, I mean, how many boys and men did the, did the Golden Girls date throughout the years that we only yeah. saw? I mean, they, and, they, and yeah. they'd even, like from last week's episode, they'd even throw in a line where you've been seeing him for months. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's like, wait, I just saw her last week with another guy. Wait, yeah, what? you're so right. So that's yeah. not you with the other night Blanche. yeah right. <laughs> yeah by the way when matthew did that you've been seeing him for months he did do the he did the dorothy b arthur hand gesture and i i just want it to be known that he is that much of a purist when it comes to his close personal friend b arthur oh i love that Ooh. so the way it ends is joe says um you know look you can't just run out run out um, let me see if I can figure something else. Yeah, so right. she runs upstairs and then very quickly, quick change, quick change of scene. She comes running back down, but he's gone. And then there's a letter that he's left behind for her. And we get the cheesy eighties underscore music. Dear Joe. Dear uh, Joe. It's his dear John letter, but dear Joe. Yeah. But basically he is, he's so noble. He's so nice. He's like, if you help me escape, that would get you in trouble too. So I'm turning myself in. Somehow I'll find a way to return. I know you don't like to say goodbye. So under that case, he deliberately wrote it that way, knowing that she would correct him because he loves her. And I'm like, come on, how long has she known this guy? He obviously has like his head over heels for her. Come on. Yeah. Even in that dress. Yeah. And so um, he says, I have left you something by the fence. And the very last, last uh, image of the episode, Joe goes outside and by the fence is his motorcycle. And it only works with Joe. And it only works for her. And Angie, you don't realize this. Joe, you know, always had a bike. It was a part of who she was. 
she gave it up four weeks ago so or that they could pay for something expensive. Joe has been without a bike for a month now. So oh, this wow. is actually setting something that was wrong back to being right within the context of the show. Why does this happen? Why do these individuals that you're like, you should be staying in my life forever and ever have to just leave, do something like that, and then you're not going to be with them? <sighs> I'm I'd be like, I'm keeping this bike. I hope you're coming back for it someday, honey. And then that ain't the only thing is going to be written when we're reunited. Yes. Oh, gosh. But I was like, come on. He left. Pobrecito. I mean. Matthew, didn't you text me that you were very touched deeply by this uh, ending of this episode? I don't know when it started. And I'm already willing to admit because of the pandemic and everything in the world, I am already one second away from tears, no matter what is happening. But I was sobbing at the end of this episode. Really? Like, I, I was like, I can't. Well, I can't watch Encanto because I... <laughs> I'm obviously if I can't make it through a fucking 86 episode of facts of life, I'm not Mm going to be able to make it through this or Coco or, and it just killed me that it's not, it's not really any different that. And when Beverly Ann was giving her speech about, aren't we all immigrants? And Oh Mm -hmm. God, I was just like, Jesus or Jesus. Why can't we just, (laughs) No, you're right. You're totally right. It's like, what, isn't it good that people want to come to our country and, you know, live a life and yes, contributing and members of society? What's And it all boils down to racism. People don't mind when somebody from Germany comes over. They don't mind or, or somebody from the UK. They mind yeah. when they're brown. And mm-hmm. that is what I just was a mess. This poor, yeah. handsome boy who, how many people have that story? And I just was a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. It's, it's sad how in many ways it's more topical today. Thankfully, we're, we're past families being yeah. separated and, you know, kids in cages, all that awfulness that's just uh i mean a a blight on our history our country and just it's it's uh it's terrible and yeah it's it's awful like i i mean it, it is something that we're seeing around like everywhere and it's you know i don't i don't know what the solution is like the total solution how we can totally i mean people suck regardless as far as like even if in other individuals from everywhere, which a lot of places are a melting pot, you know, like there are still individuals that are like totally resistant to others that are not like them. And that's just one thing that is just going to happen. So there's a lot of Enricos going through the Mm -hmm. same thing. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing. I mean, like even I hear like stories that my parents tell me and I'm just like, holy shit, I can't even imagine it. I can't, I cannot fathom it at all you know yeah. so um and what I mean, people do to get here and stuff like that and then and then the poor guy right he's working construction which is already like total hardcore busting your ass it's a such a physical yeah. job and like so and then he's got to run why did they introduce this character before as a friend of george's or somebody that is uh, reoccurring so that they could be friends with a latino individual <laughs> 
I mean, it would have been great, yeah, to have someone in the cast. I mean, thank God we have Tootie. At least it's not a complete yeah. cast of white people, but sure. yeah, it would sure. have been nice. Thank yeah. God next year they really try to up the diversity factor. They add an Australian girl. Oh, okay. That's nice. Good. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> on that note, um, that's at the end of the episode. Yeah. Overall, it's uh, it's a little bit weird. But yeah, the ending is so sweet. And my, my biggest wish for this episode is why didn't they make it just the very early stages of a romantic relationship? And then this is the thing that meant they had to go fast track to, to wedding and then worse, fast track to breaking up. There was a lot more potential here. But yeah, those last moments, that dance and then him leaving her the bike that that saved a lot of the of the flaws that we have heretofore laid out in great detail well i even thought yeah he loves you a lot obviously because the bike would have helped him get out faster so he really <laughs> leaving her the bike was like you know <laughs> mm-hmm. see that's me that's my thought i was like you could have gotten a lot further along with a bike so you really care for this individual <laughs> I get it. It didn't work so much when she wasn't there, but I was like, mm. yeah. And it's not like he could ride the bike back to Cuba, you know. <laughs> he's got to, yeah, he's got to definitely take a different route. <laughs> also, David, we just added Beverly Ann to the cast, for God's sake. We didn't need a boyfriend right off the bat. And also, last week, didn't she meet the love of her life on the ratings uh, game, David? With a bike and everything. He had a motorcycle. She met uh, Doug, was it? Was that his name? Yeah. So, mm, okay. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's like, Maybe why couldn't she... have introduced him sooner? It's like, there were no time. Maybe she found out he was gay. Oh, oh yes. True. We we discussed that quite a bit, actually. Mm. All right, Angie, kids. my love. I am so glad we got to do this with you. This has been great. And until next time, thanks so much. Smooches and goodbye. Mwah. And there you have it. That was Angie Sardinia. Next week, we're going to be watching Season 8, Episode 9, called Fast Food. And our guest is going to be Paul Padilla. You can watch the show ahead of time for free at dailymotion.com. I will post the link in the show notes and on this episode's webpage. That is all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.